Great day, amazing humans. Yes, welcome to Empowered in My Skin, the podcast. My name is N.K. Chinwafa Robinson, and I am founder and CEO of Empowered in My Skin, an experienced technology executive with one of Canada's largest financial institutions, an author, an international federation of bodybuilding pro athlete, an inspirational speaker, and a viral sensation as my You Matter speech has hit over 6.5 million views worldwide. This show is all about thriving. And I will be bringing on some amazing humans that own their thrive to help you figure out how you too can own yours. So please leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to this on and make sure to join along on the web at empoweredmyskin.com so you can be notified when new episodes are available. For now, I'm your girl. Let the show begin. Great day, amazing humans. Welcome to the next episode of the Empowered in My Skin, the podcast. On today, I am joined by a woman who I, I absolutely admire. And in the pre-show, you know, we had a little bit of a talk as to why. And so um, she is a landlord, investor, and retail leasing executive. And she's based in Richmond Hill, Ontario. But she doesn't know that we're neighbors. <laughs> She has completed uh, high-level transactions on both the landlord and tenant sides across Canada, the United States, Germany, the Netherlands, Singapore, South Africa, New Zealand, inclusive of High Street, AAA Shopping Centre, Airport Retail, and Open Air Centre locations. So we are with a professional. She's also the founder of Pretty Girls Work. Her insights into business, finance, and entrepreneurship have been featured in numerous publications as well as on Rogers Television as a next generation thought leader in the fields of real estate, finance, and business. So put your ears together for the amazing Al <laughs> Mejia. No, I didn't no, get that right. Mejia, you got Mejia, it right. Mejia, Mejia. You got it right. You got it right. I love your intros. I, you already know I'm a fan and a listener. <laughs> I love and it. And your I intros are it. always so hype. I love it. How are you? you? I am fantastic. How are you doing? I'm having a great day. Yes. yes. So for all of those that are listening that don't know you, what can you tell us about you? Because you've created such a beautiful brand and oh, you're such a beautiful, you. and you're doing such great work. So tell us more about who, the who of you. Um, I mean, I feel you're, you're the bio in the intro <laughs> was a lot of it, but I think for me, um, I, I, real estate is my passion. And so the work that I do is, is pre- predominantly in commercial retail leasing. But with the Pretty Girls Work platform, I've really gotten to tap into uh, what I call my passion project as well, because I, I love all things about women in business, women in real estate, women in entrepreneurship, women in finance, women in tech. I think I, I have a, a soft spot in my heart, especially for women who are in male dominated spheres, just being coming from that myself. So I, I surround myself with that energy. I think that it's had a huge part to do with my success as well. I, my group of girlfriends all happen to be just really high performance, um, high performance, badass women. And, and that's what exactly. And that's what I, that's what I love. It's why I love you. <laughs> it's just, that's what I love surrounding myself with. So as much as pretty girls work has become 
a platform for producing that type of progressive programming for women who, who want to reach those levels and fill the gaps in their career development, especially for female founders and entrepreneurs. It really mm. provides me, like it really feeds my spirit and I think has a lot to do with why I'm able to achieve success in, in my sphere as well, because mm. I, energy is contagious. And mm. if you surround yourself with women who are just looking to push each other forward, then how can you go wrong, right? I tell you, I tell yeah. you, an empowered woman that empowers women is my type of woman. So exactly. thank you. And in fact, anyone that's listening, I'm going to just start to sell her right out of the gate. She actually has a journal. Um, maybe tell, <laughs> tell us a little about your mindset, millionaire mindset journal. Millionaire mindset. You know what? Because I feel like a lot of times when people are looking at, or at least for my, I'll just speak for myself. When I was looking at my financial goals starting out, A, my financial goals are a little bit out there. They're, they're a little bit much. And I like most of my goals to be a little bit lofty and a little bit much, but it had so much more to do. Um, there's so much more that goes into it than just running through the numbers and figuring out the metrics. And so for me, figuring out what my millionaire mindset was, was going to be imperative. So it's not just about, so that millionaire mindset journal that we put out with Pretty Girls Work, we put it out two years ago. It's done phenomenally well. And it combines not just looking at, um, the work that you need to do in terms of budgeting and financing and, and the metrics that way, but also looking at how you feel about the work that you're doing, how you're aligned with the work that you're doing, because a lot of your mental and your emotional capacity that goes into a project, um, that's going to have a lot of influence over what the outcome of that project is. And so if you don't start with the right mindset and if you're not starting with the right energy that you put into it, uh, I, I just don't think that it can be as fruitful. Sometimes even if it's financially fruitful, it won't be it won't be emotionally satisfying. It, it, that's not my definition of success. So this journal really puts together a lot of different tools that you can use. Um, it's meant for women like me who don't necessarily have uh, time every single day to journal. So it's meant to be used just the first week out of every month to really set your intention for that month, set what your goals are for that month and not just track your finances, but track your, your emotional and your mental capacity while you're going through that process as well. So I use it myself. Mm -hmm. um my you know my my closest girlfriends use it as well it's been it's been really great for me in terms of seeing how not just my personal finances but my finances within my business and how that's how that's working being able to track how that works as well but uh i think that it's just to me business is not separate and apart from yeah. who you are as yeah. a person what yeah. your what your intentions are for yourself and your family and what you know what your what your spirituality bases mm -hmm. it's it, none of that is separate to me and so this journal really kind of pulls all of that together and I'm definitely putting the link in the show notes because I'm also going to grab one I have um, <laughs> and I love the fact that you said like you know your money your money goal or your money aspiration is high I think it should be on my vision board that's right there you can see it it's it says the best way to become a billionaire is to help a billion people and the amount that mm -hmm. I have there is 500 billion whether I hit it or don't hit it it's the fact that that's constantly on my 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 mind I see it at least once mm -hmm. a day, once or a few times a day, whenever I walk in here and it's all about what, you know, trying to say, you know, am I brave enough to take the actions that can maybe mm -hmm. really drive that type of outcome, you know? So, and then it's also you, like, even in the way that you phrase that you've connected it to what your purpose is anyway, like mm -hmm. you're like your success is in helping people. Mm -hmm. So the way that you're going to do that is by helping that many people. So the, mm -hmm. like those, those goals are not separate. And right. so why keep, why keep them separate? when you when you're tracking like it's, it's almost like when you put things on paper you feel like all of the mental and emotional stuff has to go away and it needs to be strictly numbers and it doesn't mm -hmm. i think it works so much better when it's not so and let me ask you something when you have that type of vision and i love that you said that you know it starts to align with just 
you know, the way you think, the way you move, you know, what does that, how does that affect the decisions that you make? Do you line them up always against that's my vision? And when it's not lying and when things are not lined up, like, is there a feeling that you have that? I think I, I run my business on intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, I run my business with my gut. Sometimes the decisions I make don't necessarily make sense. And sometimes they fly in the face of the how-to books that I've read on how to be a successful businesswoman. Um, but it's the only way that I know how to do business. And I think that when, if you have goals that are truly aligned, but, and I know that it takes work, it takes a lot of personal work to really find out what your personal definition of success is and to kind of block out the noise that a lot of us have ingrained into us by the time we we get to the point where we're working on our own businesses. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, I think that once you've re- once you've defined what success is for yourself, and once you've put together goals that are aligned with that definition of success, mm-hmm. you can every every decision that you make will fall in line with that anyway. Because I make decisions that feel right. And what mm-hmm. feels right to me is what's aligned with my purpose. What's aligned with my purpose is what I've already based my goals on. Mm-hmm. So it's not, none of that is separate and apart from me. So yeah, I absolutely, I get a, I absolutely run off of instinct and off of feeling. And sometimes I fall flat on my face and that's part of the process. But is that right? part of the process, isn't it? Exactly. Failure cannot be absent of the equation. 100%. I think it's a necessary part of the yeah. equation. Yeah. Such a necessary yeah. part of the equation. And it makes the success part feel so good. Yeah. And I think it also, I think it also speaks to how much risk you're willing to take, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, when you play it safe, then you're probably playing it on the, on the space that, oh my God, I don't want to fall over. But when you're actually not afraid of, well, if this doesn't work, the, mm-hmm. the greatest gift I gave myself is that I tried and I yeah. went out, I went all in, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, this is why I said, I said, I knew, <laughs> do you know, this is like not the structure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, am I messing it up? I'm no, so no, sorry. no. I, I'm, I'm like, like, I'm like, you know, I love it actually because it's actually more organic. So, typically, the second question I ask, and I could have gone there, but I was really liking the entrepreneur angle, and we'll definitely come around a circle back to some of that. But you know, I, I'm I'm a big I am, and I truly believe that I am, and what follows it, you you become. So affirmations. I I, I think now even I've learned the power of declarations like you know the things that we declare ourselves into even before they they happen Mm -hmm. so what is your what would you say are your great i am's um one i am that has been a conscious uh it's been a work in progress for me so i don't even know if i can say i am with 100 percent conviction yet but i'm working on on it uh i attended a um a women's group before covid remember when we could meet with was that eight months ago something eight months ago eight years ago I don't know time is nothing (laughs) but I sat down and um we were the the woman who was leading the group asked us to write down two things that were true about ourselves one basically a sentence that you repeat in your head about yourself even when you don't recognize it um and one had to be positive and one had to be negative and I recognized I realized that the ones that I had written were actually very much intertwined um I'm very much a I've always been an overachiever mm-hmm. since before I could remember. So mm-hmm. I like I read early, I walked early. So all of my life I've been hearing, you know, she's so you're so smart, you're so intelligent, you're so and so that kind of became my identity. Mm-hmm. And so my positive was that um my positive was that I can I can accomplish anything. I like mm-hmm. I can accomplish anything, I can do anything. And that fearlessness is something that has served me very well in life and has served me very well in my career. But on the flip side, I realized that my negative was that I am nothing without my accomplishments Ooh. because I, 
I think that in, in the process of kind of doing all of the things, like I sound very impressive on paper, but it's come at a cost that I don't think I realized I was, I was paying until I'd written that down on the piece of paper, because I don't know if I understand fully, even at this point in my journey, that even without the things that I've accomplished, even without the resume, even without the mm. bank account, even without any of those things, me, myself standing here, I am in my power just yes, by myself. Yes, and are. that's not something that I think that I've always had top of mind. And the way that I've dealt with that is, well, I'll just accomplish more things. If I accomplish more mm. things, then I never need to deal right, <laughs> with right, that negative. Right, right. Um, so my, my, I am that I've been working on probably all year is I am enough period. And that's, uh, it's, it's a work in progress. I think it's definitely a work in progress. And I can see the way that that mentality has played out. Um, even in my relationships, like my, my family relationships, my romantic relationships, Mm. where you feel like the reason why you're worthy is because you're, you, you, you bring something to the table. What if you Mm. don't bring anything to the table? Mm -hmm. Are you Mm -hmm. still enough? And so that's something that's a work in progress for me, but it's, it's, it's front and center for me right now. You know, I can totally respect that because, um, I mean, I don't know where we are in age. I, I mean, I'm 48, so I don't know how many, but you I'm look, 35. <laughs> I, yeah, I got years. <laughs> so, um, after you can't the, tell after, by the way, you see, you can't tell how old anybody is because I know 48 and I'm like lies, but okay. Sure. <laughs> that's what yeah. you want to tell people. I don't know why. <laughs> So five years from where you are on today is really when I wanted to, when I start to move with intention, because I think like you before, I was just success stacking, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, and, and then getting promoted and people recognizing and, yep. and I was the it girl, like, you know, and things were happening and anything I touched, I was succeeding at, but I realized that I didn't feel it. So there's that imposter syndrome right? Mm-hmm. You can hear it. Like, that's why I wouldn't repeat. I know personally, I, you are enough. You, I mean, you're on here because of your enough, you know, I see that empowerment just that it, it oozes and it's not something external. It's the internal. It's the, it's from the conversations that we've had. It's from the fact that when I leave your presence, there's an everlasting, you know, um, um, existence of you that's going to stay within my, my spirit and my soul. Right. And so you you are definitely more than that, but I totally get it. And for the last six years, it has been about, you know, getting into my place of conviction, Mm -hmm. being convinced about who I am, you know, so enjoy the journey. Which is funny because even hearing that from you, and I think that it's the same reaction that I get from other people, because like, just, just from, from the outside looking at you, it's, well, of course, I don't, <laughs> how could you how could you not understand that about yourself I know who you are how do you not know who but you it is are? it is always that and I think it's the most powerful people like I'm pretty sure like if you listen to like the Oprah's and the Lady Gaga's and mm-hmm. how much they share from and Michelle Obama and how they share even from a vulnerable place it doesn't it's not it's 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 in everybody you know everyone has that that bit of, you know, continued growth that, Mm -hmm. you know, our different experiences start to expose. So thank you for sharing that. And um, I love that. And it's a beautiful journey to getting to that place of conviction. I I mean, I've been enjoying it. I've been, I've been enjoying the, the impact that it's had on my relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I I've spent a lot of time focusing on how my business will will do with, Mm -hmm. with the decisions that I've made. And I haven't spent nearly enough time thinking of how, 
I, I'm being impacted by the decision yeah. maker. I'm being impacted by the dialogue that's going on in my head. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's such an important journey and I'm, I'm glad that I'm at the place now that I'm on it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Thank you. So you said eight, eight, eight months, eight years time. <laughs> what, what is time? Time doesn't matter. But, um, but this has been a season, I think for many of reflection mm-hmm. of massive change of, you know, and I, and I said it the other day, I was speaking that, you know, we are all, like, we say we're all going through this together, but everybody's going through it differently. Some people mm-hmm. are going through it in a, in a private jet. <laughs> and some people are having to, you know, sort of walk, you know, and uh, through it or crawl. So how, what have you found out about Elle through this? You know what, I actually, and it sounds so strange, I'm so grateful for the fact that I've been able to uh, continue working throughout this entire, I've, I've been busier than ever actually, just um, just in the nature of the business I'm in has made it that way. Um, but I feel like I haven't gotten a lot of downtime mm. to reflect and, and a lot of the, the soul searching and, and like that, that part of it that a lot of people have benefited from in this, in this downtime, I haven't really, I haven't really found, but I, I can say that with the work that I do in commercial real estate and it can, uh, that, that part of the work that I do has, can often turn into just very dry conversations and numbers and, and making sure that the metrics work. And I've really tapped into the humanity of the work that I do mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the last few months because um, I work in retail leasing. And so it's, I've been putting out fires since, since March because I've been dealing with retail and I'm a landlord myself. So I've been dealing with retailers and tenants who are, are really fighting to stay afloat and mm-hmm. fighting to stay alive. And um, just being able to work with people and understand what they're okay. We've negotiated, we negotiated this lease three years ago mm-hmm. and I know what the numbers are and I know what I, I can, you can send me your sales reports and all of that, but there's not, there's something about being on the phone with someone and understanding what this business means to their family here their mm-hmm. family back home what it means mm-hmm. for their kids what they're de- just just understanding the human beings that are behind mm-hmm. the transactions and that's something that I've been able to tap into in this lockdown that uh, I don't think that I had enough of an appreciation for before mm-hmm. and as uh, and as a landlord what else what else have you had to or like even just for other landlords that might be listening to this you know what has what would you say is most important for them to focus on in this time um, I think it just make focusing on the fact that this is temporary mm. and, and not making decisions today that are permanent decisions when this is not a permanent situation. Mm. Um, I don't understand landlords who have tenants in their building who have been in their building for five years, 10 years, and who think that just because of a few months of downtime, it's best to get rid of this person and end up with a vacancy on your book for the next who knows how long, like just, just regular just, just changing your thought pattern to recognize that this is a very temporary situation. I'm fortunate that I, um, I've been able to work with, with my tenants myself in my own personal, mm-hmm. um, my own personal portfolio. And then with the portfolio that I work in commercially, I work with one of the larger landlord developers in Canada, mm-hmm. and they've been committed right out the gate to making sure that we work with our tenants and make sure that we keep, keep people's businesses alive. This is people's mm-hmm. livelihood. Yeah. And so I think just understanding that this is a temporary situation and there is, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And we may mm-hmm. not know what that is. We may not know if it's six months from now, a year from now, 18 months from now, Trump seems to think it's next week because there's a vaccine coming and the pandemic is over. I don't know. But, <laughs> it's, you know, the point is it's going to end. It's going yeah. to end and we're going it's to come not- back to maybe not, maybe it will be a new normal. It might be a better normal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just 
understanding that we're going to get through this and it's really best if we kind of hold hands and hunker down and get through mm -hmm. it together there's no mm -hmm. point in, in ostracizing people at this point i think i think that's the biggest thing i think it's fear right like and, mm -hmm. and, the, and the truth is when you don't allow even yourself to just and i'm not saying sit in the fear but even it's kind of i heard this great thing i can't remember it's like no fear so mm -hmm. K-N-O-W, right? So it's about know your fear. What are you fear afraid mm -hmm. of? And if you just take that moment between that, you know, between that and making a decision. Yes. You might make a decision that's more based on logic versus the emotion and coming out. It's of the true fear. because I felt that fear too. Like like at the beginning of the lockdown, when people started talking about make it, you know, let's make it so that landlords can't evict their tenants and and because the tenants won't be able to pay. And I was like, are we going to also make it so that the banks can't repossess my properties? Like, <laughs> right, right, right. like, like what's going on here? So I understand that fear and I felt mm -hmm. it myself. But you're right; it's about taking a beat. Mm -hmm. about just taking a minute and thinking yeah. it through and, and figuring out a game plan because this, this is temporary. So you're both a, uh, so you're a commercial and residential landlord, like yourself personally, you're a residential landlord. My property is our, I prefer mixed use property. I tell oh, people to okay. go into mixed use property. So my property, it's, it's commercial on the, on the main level and residential on the top. Oh, what you? <laughs> wow. Mixed property. Woo, you are, you are a boss. Listen, when, She's a badass when, if one side goes down, I'm like, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I'm, I'm also a serial entrepreneur, girl. I've got a furniture store. I've got a, a gold name jewelry store. I've got, I need, I need, I need options. So I need I, options. So, it, so <laughs> I, 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 well, first of all, I just want you to debunk. Uh, so what about, what's a common myth about commercial real estate um, that you can debunk, that can be debunked? The accessibility of it. Mm -hmm. It's, um, I, I love working with, I mean, the, the landlord that I work with, obviously we have most of the national tenants are on our sites mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. But my favorite tenant to work with is a tenant who never thought that they could afford or that they had access to these types of properties because it's not, they, it's just, it's almost like you think that you need a business that's generating a million dollars a year to be able to do this. That's not the case. Um, and even on a personal level, if you're not going into retail leasing, but you're looking at in investing in real estate yourself, I think mm -hmm. particularly among, uh, among our age group and our community, especially mm -hmm. it's, we've, we've taken the conversation from, okay, how to get into the market as a, as an end user, as a homeowner, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then taking it into, okay, if you're going to invest in a property, you know, maybe get a, maybe get a condo and rent it out, or maybe get um, a duplex or a triplex and rent out the different residential mm -hmm. units. But it's all, it, I don't know what the block is between making that the transition into commercial properties as well. And we're blessed, especially if you're in Ontario, you're blessed with being able to pick up the phone and call any number of, of real estate agents that I, like, I work with real estate agents every day. They get, you pay them $0 for all of their expertise mm. and the landlord is going to pay them when you lease a unit through them. Mm. So even if you don't know what the process is, being able to engage with a, um, a, a mortgage broker, who's going to be able to map out a five-year plan for you, a real estate, really you can build a team around you for $0 and map out a five-year, 10-year plan. And they'll help you work towards it because it benefits them financially. Mm -hmm. And you like, it's the accessibility of it is I think the biggest myth. The fact that mm -hmm. a lot of people think it's inaccessible and it is not. And so in this time of COVID with the virtual, you know, we're talking about the remote work a lot more. Mm -hmm. Is there certain commercial real estate that just right now does not make 
sense and um I think a lot of people are going to have to pivot and change and and until they make that pivot you don't really know what's going to survive and what's not okay. um, but I think that there are certainly I mean like and I can talk about like I am I can talk about uh, a building for example I have a building that has six commercial units on the bottom mm-hmm. um, a doctor's office solid convenience store solid we've got a, a QSR I'm a, a quick service restaurant like a fast food place um, they don't they don't rely on in people sitting inside anyway mm-hmm. solid um, but then I have a nail salon mm-hmm. probably going to get shut down <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. so it's it's just about knowing about the different tenancies but again it's even in in making I don't think that I, I will let that impact my decision and what tenants I bring in in the future anyway because again this is a temporary situation yeah. so would you not accept a nail so because even talking about a nail salon, a nail salon, a dentist, a doc, that's the, that's the best tenant you could have on your property. They'll stay there for 20, 25 years. <laughs> Every neighborhood needs a nail salon. They pay their rent. They take their increase. Like it's the best. So why would I, why would I all of a sudden, based on the last seven months, erase 20 years of history that we know about this industry mm-hmm. in a retail space? And you can't do your nails virtually. Right. So yeah. I, I think that you, I, I think it really comes down to making sure that you're not making permanent decisions for a temporary situation, but certainly there, you, you, this situation is going to make us look at different tenants differently. And I think that it's already started making retailers look at how they interact and engage with their consumers in a very, very different way. And I think it's going to, I think a lot of good is going to come out of it. Okay. There you hear it. Better, better prediction than Trump. <laughs> that one was, that one was served with a lot of information and facts. Yeah, so. Information and facts. It's almost like, I think those, I think those words might be foreign to some people. Yes. yes. Some people down south. So we're so, not going into political conversation. We're not going into that now. So, so you mentioned that you're a serial entrepreneur. I am. So it's hard enough for people to start one business. Mm-hmm. And so starting multiple, how do you keep it all together and stay so or and how did where did that come from and how did you even know that you can manage that um i a i don't like to run businesses i like to own businesses oh i do not have time to run okay everything so uh i very early on as far as um like e-commerce i got into a lot of like drop shipping center basically i like to set up businesses that kind of run on their own maybe they require Mm -hmm. a few hours of upkeep a week like i i usually take my sunday afternoons to you know, make sure that orders are being fulfilled, make sure that Mm -hmm. systems are running correctly. But in general, I don't own businesses that require me to be present and engaged every single day. Um, I've been able to engage one of the one of the great virtual um, service offerings that have come about is these virtual executive assistants. I have a virtual executive assistant all the way in Houston, Texas, who is fantastic. And she makes sure everyone gets their orders fulfilled and she makes sure everyone gets their shipments and everyone has their tracking numbers. And it's just like, it's just not something that I touch every day. So I think that if you can get into a couple of different streams and I mean, I'm not the first person to say it. I won't be the last person to say it. Everybody needs multiple streams of income. Um, But if you can make sure that a lot of the, you can't run multiple streams of income effectively Mm -hmm. um, if you're trying to get to a certain level. So I think insulating yourself right now, for me, it's a virtual assistant and and making sure that I invest in certain systems that kind of run themselves. Eventually, I want to get to a place where I can hire a team, an actual Mm -hmm. in-house team to be able to run those things. But I think that's the 
that's the, that's been the key for me is making sure that it's businesses that I don't have to tap into every single day. Oh gosh, I can, I, you know, we have to, I'm looking at the time and I'm just like, first of all, because <laughs> I went off, I'm like, I have to start wrapping it up. I went off. <laughs> but so, you know, 35 years want to tap a little bit into your, into your wisdom with this next question, but you know, what's the greatest gift as humans that we can give ourselves? Oh gosh. What's the greatest gift as humans that we can give? I think permission, just Ooh. like, permission to to be like that that took such a long time for me it took such a long time for me so I think just giving yourself permission to be and not tying it to for me it was like different and to yourself as well when you're talking about your experience we were tying it to specific accomplishments like I liked to sound impressive to people I like people Mm -hmm. to be like oh you're why like I think giving yourself permission to just exist Mm -hmm. is is huge Wow. Give yourself permission. I love that. And uh, right now, just before I get into rapid thrivers, because I have to, uh, you know, round <laughs> this up. Um, what are, what, ugh, two questions here. My gosh. Okay. What are your non-negotiables and boundaries? Because to, to be, I, I would say to work at the level of excellence and what you do and the fact that you even said like COVID-19 didn't really shut you down. How do you sort of protect your capacity and, and stay up? <laughs> um, I think it's for me, non-negotiables in my life are the people that I maintain a personal connection with the people that I have in my friend circle. Um, the, the, the man that I'm in a relationship with my, like my family, I, like I've cut off family members mm-hmm. um, because I just will not accept toxicity in my relationships. I can't, I can't afford to, I don't have the capacity to, to accommodate that in my life. And it was a very difficult decision to make. And I think um, understanding the difference between someone who's toxic and someone who just may not understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I, cu- I mean, I come from a very, very, my parents are fantastic, very strong West Indian parents, very strong West Indian aspirations. Education is everything, too many degrees in my family to count, <laughs> but also a, a genuine lack of understanding for what, like, and fear mm-hmm. of what it is that I'm doing. What do you mean? You don't, you're not going to just work a, a reg- you know, you, you, you go to school, you get your, your degree, you, you get a job and you stay there for 30 years and the genuine fear for what it means for, for a child who departs from that path. Um, and so I just don't have those conversations because I know that they love me and I know that they want the best for me, but I also know that they don't get it no. they, and that's okay. And that's okay. And so I think just managing the relationships in my life mm-hmm. and being very, I'm very, very, very selfish with the people that I allow to come into my space. And I make no apologies for that. Um, but so it's, important. It's, it's so important. It's yeah. so important. I always say, show me the snapshot of your, like, show me your environment and I, mm-hmm. I'll, I can send you a snapshot, snapshot of your future, right? Like, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah. I hear about um, catty women in the workplace and the, I don't have that experience. Yeah. I don't yeah. have that experience. I, I just happen to, my friends are powerhouses. Mm-hmm. My closest girlfriends are all powerhouses who are all very, very, very comfortable in their positions and mm-hmm. comfortable enough to root for you and celebrate you mm-hmm. and and be there for you when you like, it's just, it's a different dynamic. It's a different energy. And I'm not, I'm not willing to come out of this. Yeah. And I think what's, and it's so funny because I always say um, some people like, well, how do you keep negativity around you? I think you can get to a place where because you're just radiating so much positivity and because your non-negotiables are just like emblazoned on your chest. I just don't think it comes around you. You probably even shift that you shift the environment. Like you shift you shift how people operate around you. Every single person that has come in, because I have, I have friends that I've had since I was eight years old when we moved to Canada. And I have, 
I have friends that I met two years, two, three years ago. And the people that I attract in my life are all like, they're all the same woman. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah, all the just yeah. confident powerhouse women yeah. who are just, they, they, they surround themselves with those women too. And so I just, I, I don't have, I don't want to make the space for anything different. There you go. Love it. Love it. So rapid thrivers. First person that comes to mind when you think about somebody who's, who inspires you. Michelle Obama. Oh, and, yeah. and what is it? Like, what's the it? Actually, you mentioned the imposter syndrome a little while ago. Mm-hmm. And she has a quote that I literally, I run it in my head every time I have one of those moments. Someone asked her about, um, because she's been in so many rooms and at so many tables with all of these powerful men who have accomplished all of these powerful things. And someone asked her, you know, how do you, like, how do you come into that room or come into that situation with the confidence that you do? And she said, well, the first thing that you need to realize when you sit at that table is a lot of these men aren't that smart. <laughs> and I and I repeat that in my head because you get into a room sometimes and you sit down and you're like, what the hell am I doing here? And you just look around, and you're like, you know what? No, I'm I'm smarter than a lot of these people. They don't know it yet, but they're gonna know by the end of this meeting. Yes. So. You know, and like I said, you know, for me, it's like I have to get there because forget about in the room, because now it's virtual. Sometimes <laughs> now I'm just looking at the invitation list and I'm like, and I have to remember. Like everyone is smart. That's why I always say it. And I say it so that I hear myself. Don't worry about why somebody else is smart. Mm-hmm. Just worry about why you're, know why you're smart. That's exactly. it. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. What's a daily activity that helps with your thrive? Meditation, 5.45 a.m. It's only 15 minutes. Um, At 5.45 a.m. you do it? 5.45 because I have to get my son up at six. Okay. <laughs> so... I've only got 15 minutes, but I tell you the difference in my day when I don't get yeah. those 15 minutes. Um, yeah. No, I think it's important to, to really set the intention for your day. So I try and make sure yeah. that that's a daily routine for me. Is it guided or you've just learned how to meditate on your own? I, I started off guided, guided because I, and there are, there's so many tools. I used to have um, one of the, uh, one of the Spotify playlists that mm-hmm. I used to use on guided meditations on it was 18 minutes, but uh, because I had to learn, uh, I didn't know how to sit and be quiet in my own head. I would literally, I just start running through the to-do list for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so as of recently, it's been just myself. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm in a, if I've woken up late and I'm in a hurry, sometimes it happens while I'm in the shower, Yeah, yeah <laughs> but, yeah. but you, I just need that time. Quiet in mind. I love that. And what's a book that has helped you with your thrive? She Inc. She oh. Inc. is a book. Um, it really helped in setting the mindset. What it did was like, and I it was years and years ago, very early on in my career, but uh, it teaches you to look at yourself as a corporation, not to look at your business, not to like to look at you yourself, looking at yourself in the mirror as a corporation. How are you present? Like, what is your branding in your marketing strategy? Like, what are you communicating to people when you walk into a room? Because you are a brand, whether or not yeah. you're taking control of that brand or not. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think yeah. that 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 really shifted my mentality, and I really started to not look at businesses that I wanted to, or, or business avenues that I wanted to jump into, but really started looking at myself as a business and, and what that means and what my business stands for and what my mandate is and how that's going to translate into what I do. She Inc. Okay. I'm going to check that one out. And as an entrepreneur, what's an app that helps you with your thrive? Pipe drive. Ooh, what is this? Pipe drive is I use it as a, well, actually I use it even with my work as a, in the landlord development company, but I use it for all of my personal stuff as well. It's a CRM tool. Um, mm-hmm. it's, 
uh, client relationship management. Mm-hmm. And so I use it on my desktop. I have an app on my phone that it connects to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, maintains all of my contacts. All of my emails are populated through there. So even if I'm on the road, if I need to look up something quickly or if someone calls me, every deal that I'm working on is in its own tab. It's very customizable. So I'm able to customize it for the deals that I work on for the company I work for, for the deals that I work on for myself, mm-hmm. um, for everything that I work on for even for event management, like event planning for pretty girls right. work. Yeah. So pipe drive works for pipe me. Drive. Okay. Check it yeah. out. And what is a misconception that people have of you as they see you in your thrive? Oh, oh you know what I hear a lot, actually, I hear that I never get stressed. <laughs> you're never you're never stressed out you're always so easy going well based uh, on this interview you look like you look like you're a machine i don't know why people have that impression i think in the office that i used to work at um i and i realize and i still do it at the office that i work at now when i get overwhelmed or when yeah. i get stressed my way of dealing with that is to stand up and walk away from the computer screen so yeah. i'll walk over to people and i'll have conversations and that's how i have like my little like my, like just small talk, like just something to get me out of my head. And so I think because the way that my stress, I guess, manifests itself, is just <laughs> it doesn't feel like a conversation, they don't feel like it's a stress. So when I, and I, when I hear it, I sound, it sounds ridiculous because I'm also known as being very, very social in the mm-hmm. office. The reason I'm so social is because I'm so stressed. <laughs> Now you, so, now you know when she's being nice to you. Yeah, <laughs> Just yeah. say, can I help you so with if anything? I, if I'm asking that. you about your dog, yeah, then no, <laughs> because then there's no. something I don't want to deal with right now. <laughs> then ask her if she needs any support. Okay. Yeah. So where do we find you online? Oh, uh, so if you're, so elmejia.com mm-hmm. is my website where it's, ju- it's just me and love life and real estate. That's, mm-hmm. that's just the personal one. Um, for everything that we do with Pretty Girls Work, it's prettygirlswork.com. And we've got some phenomenal projects coming. Uh, we even actually have um, the biggest one that I wanted to make sure that I shared was we have a podcast network launching. So I've had the This Girl Sells Real Estate podcast for a few months now. And we're coming into season two of it, but we're going to be launching season two alongside several other fantastic powerful women-led podcasts but we've got we've got a, a two-time olympian and pan am medalist that's going to be doing a podcast on women athletes um we've got uh that's nikita um we've got sherry sangergio who's going to be doing a podcast on personal development called consider this lindsay tompkins who has a huge brand on social media on instagram and she's going to be um taking the conversation into how like it's called the brand lab so just talking mm-hmm. about branding your company and different tips mm-hmm. and tools that you can use and so much so like many more. The brand so, lab. Mm-hmm. yeah well that's but exciting and what's your media company it. called um, it's well, it'll all be on prettygirlswork.com. Oh, pretty so this will wow, be the pretty awesome. podcast. Network. That is awesome. Very proud of you. Oh Thank my gosh. you so much. And I, I have to say before we wrap up and I know you need to wrap up, I love the work that you're doing with this platform. And I love the conversations that you're having. I think that they're so necessary and I, like, I don't know about you, but for me, a lot of the conversations that I have are selfish because I feel like I take something out of it every time yeah. anyway. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, okay, Ink, it's not about you. You have to ask questions <laughs> that the audience may like, but I'm like, they'll like what I ask. They want that, what well, I want. That's, that's the thing, right? But I think that, I think the conversations that you've been having have been, they've been really impactful to me. And I, I can only imagine how impactful they've been to your audience. So thank, thank you, you for that as well. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for actually amplifying more women. I think that that's fabulous that that network is uh, I'm so network excited. of podcasts is launching and uh, <laughs> thank you for the work that you do 
Thanks. And you're absolutely awesome. And thank you for sharing energy with me. And I know, I, I know that every question I ask as much as it was for me, only <laughs> <laughs> the people took some stuff with that as well. <laughs> so with that, I just, anyone that's listening, I just want to thank you for tuning in. But this is the part of the show where unfortunately I have to say, we're out. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So there you have it. I hope you're thriving and thoroughly enjoyed this episode. And remember, whatever platform you are listening to this on, please subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast with someone else you think can benefit from the tips that were delivered. As Tom Billy says, when we help others think in a way that is empowering, that is the lead domino to create real change in this world. It's been awesome hanging with you. I'm your girl, and I'm out.